Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Y'all look good, and I'm glad that you're here. And uh, there are so many special guests today that I would get myself in trouble if I tried to recognize everyone. I do want to make, mention, I'll get the, some of the others at the end of service uh, as we do a commissioning service this morning. But uh, I do want to say welcome home to Jen and Brandon Becker. There's Brandon. Where'd Jen go? She's, she's out the back for a second. Okay. Uh, they're back uh, today. They're uh, part of our missionary team. And so we're delighted that they're with us. Are y'all doing all right this morning? Oh, that was weak. Y'all, are you doing okay this morning? Okay, that's more like it. That's the passion I know right there. So, there was this um, epic film. Uh, epic. All right, I know the word's used a lot. It was released in 1998. Um, it features one of the great actors of our era. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so this plot in this movie, it's one for the ages, all right? Uh, it features a 31-year-old man who was socially inept. He um, had a stuttering problem. He was kind of a simpleton. He lived in uh, deep in Louisiana. Uh, he rode a lawnmower back and forth to work. Uh, some of y'all have seen this great, great movie. Uh, he had hidden anger issues because he was relentlessly uh, teased and and he lived with a very domineering mother uh, at 31 years old. He had a domineering mother. Okay, that's never happened in the course of history. So this man decides that he's going to be the first member of his family who's ever attended college. Uh, and so uh, he also discovers that uh, his father died of dehydration in the Sahara while he was serving in the Peace Corps. So, he, great plot. All right, so he, he arrives at the University of Louisiana and he decides to volunteer for the Cougars football team to serve as their water boy. Okay, some of you are starting to clue in. Okay, it's an epic. Okay, um, right up there with, never mind. I'm not even going to do that to those other movies. Okay, uh, but when he gets on this team as the water boy, the, the teammates begin to uh, pester him and tease him, and they're just as mean. And, and even the coach doesn't really like him. And so eventually the coach fires him because he's a disruption to his team's practices. And so out of that, uh, Bobby Boucher, Jr., uh, approaches the coach at South Central Louisiana State University, uh, which happened to be the Mud Dogs, and he asks their coach, who also happens to be Fon the Fonz, Henry Winkler, uh, and, and he asks him if he can serve as their water boy. And all over again, it's like the cycle starts again. The players begin to pick on him, and now, though, the coach encourages him Man, if they're picking on you, like, strike back. And so out of nowhere, uh, during a practice, they picked on him. The, the star quarterback of the team has been picking on him relentlessly. And out of nowhere, Bobby Boucher goes crazy and just cleans the clock of the quarterback and knocks him out for the rest of the season. And the coach's mouth drops open. And so he encourages Bobby Boucher to enroll in college, but also to join the football team. And out of that, he becomes the most feared linebacker in all of the nation, and he leads the Mud Dogs to a great victory over the Cougars in the Bourbon Bow. Uh, okay, okay, I know, I know. Uh, so, all, you'd have, I encourage you not to watch the movie, because it's really like you're, you lose brain cells as you watch Adam Sandler star as the water boy. I mean, you, you literally, your IQ, you lose 26 points by halfway through the, the movie. Uh, it, it's bad. Okay, so, but, but, so Adam Sandler as Bobby Boucher constantly through the movie talks about that he's completely committed to serving high quality H2O. All right, so that's the, that's the phrase that is used. So, uh, but here's the truth. Bobby Boucher Jr. was not the original water boy. There is an original water boy that I want to draw your attention to this morning, uh, and he served up high-quality H2O. 
And what I want to do is I want to read uh, uh, just some real familiar passages of Scripture, some of the highlight reel moments. That's an important phrase right there for you this morning. These are the highlight reel moments uh, for, for the original water boy. Because I'm going to read, at the end, I'm going to read to you a passage of Scripture that is not a highlight reel moment. But it's the most important moment in the whole time that we're going to spend time on this morning. So join me in 1 Kings uh, chapter 19. I'm going to read verses 19 through 21. You're going to be very familiar with this passage of Scripture. It says, So Elijah went out and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. And Elisha left the oxen standing there, and he ran after Elijah and said to him, First let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, Go on back, but think about what I've done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them, and he used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh, and he passed around the meat to to the town people, and they all ate. Then he went with Elijah as his assistant. So you know this passage. This is Elisha's dramatic, kind of earth-blowing, mind-blowing moment. The, The prophet Elijah, the revered Elijah, is walking down a dirt road, sees Elisha plowing with his oxen, and he throws his mantle on him and keeps on walking. It's his call. It's a it's one of those highlight real moments. Let's go on. In 2 Kings uh chapter 2. In verse 9, we find another one. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? Here's Elisha's response. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. We know that passage. I'll come back to that in just a moment. And then finally in 2 Kings chapter 2, in verses 13 through 15, we are also familiar with this highlight moment. It says, Elisha then picked up Elisha's, Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. And he took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and he struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. And when he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. And the company of prophets from Jericho were, who were watching said, the Spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha and they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. Highlight famous moments where Elijah approaches Elisha and calls him. The second passage is where Elijah is about to be taken into heaven and Elisha says this is what I want from you. I want a double portion of your spirit. Then we read that Elijah is taken, transported into heaven. The mantle falls. Elisha picks it up, strikes the water, says, where's the Lord God of Elijah? And all of a sudden, the water parts, and Elisha's ministry is birthed. Highlight moments. The most famous moments of his life. In fact, so famous that, that I, I would venture to guess that many of you who have been in church very long at some point have heard a preacher somewhere preach about needing a double portion of God's Spirit and using that passage to bring you to the altar. And, and out of that, that, that moment, you literally begin to cry out to God, please give me a double portion of your Spirit. I'm not the only one. Is there anybody else? Okay, let's be honest. How many of you have ever prayed that prayer? God, out of that? Okay, a few of you. We've... we've address that and we pray that but for all the highlights we miss another moment in Elisha's life that is extremely important and the one that I want to draw your attention to we don't really know about this passage very much it's obscure it's it's not uh it's not newsreel worthy it's not uh blog worthy nobody's going to write about this very much it, it, it's kind of an incredible moment but but we miss it And I want to draw your attention to it because uh, I think inside of this one little passage, there's a key that we have missed that literally leads to all the other moments. We just don't know about it. It's in 2 Kings chapter 3. In 2 Kings chapter 3, beginning in, uh, in verse 11, it says this, But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there no prophet of the Lord here through whom we may inquire of the Lord? Now listen to this. An officer of the king of Israel answered, Elisha, son of Shaphat, is here. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. That's not a highlight real moment. But I do want you to understand the sequence of the moment. 
I want you to go back on your own time and I want you to begin to read from when Elisha receives the mantle of Elijah up until this moment that we read in 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. I want you to see what happens because what has taken place from the time, you can go make sure I'm right. Just go do your homework. Read it yourself. You can make sure I'm right. But I just want to tell you what happened. What happened from the time that he receives Elijah's mantle until this statement is made about him, Elisha is busy establishing his own ministry. In fact, there are three very distinct occasions that take place in less than one chapter. I don't know how long the time frame is, but in less than one chapter, three distinct occurrences. Number one, I've already read to you about he slaps the water and it parts and he walks over on dry ground. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? I mean, if that happens, we're all excited and we'll follow you anywhere, right? Okay, that's number one. Number two is that Elisha decides to live in Jericho for a time. And while he's there, the water is poisoned. And the people come to Elisha and say, don't you even care about it? What are we going to do? What are we going to drink? And Elisha cures the water for the entire city of Jericho. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? No? Okay, I thought it was pretty impressive. Uh, okay, here's my one of the most anointed, powerful and increasingly becoming one of my favorite passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Some of y'all know, don't you? It's in the end of chapter 2. Elisha's minding his own business, walking down the road, and 42 boys come out and begin to make fun of his baldness. (laughs) And Elisha calls a bear out of the woods, and he mauls them. I love that passage of Scripture. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I just Can we just bask in the presence of the Holy Spirit for just a moment? It's powerful. I lo- love it. Don't, don't play. Don't mess with it. Word to some of y'all full-headed young men. That Okay. Um, okay, so this is what's happened because I think you missed it. He validates his anointing. He illustrates his power. God has established him in position and authority. And now we come to 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11. And the king, or Jehoshaphat, needs a prophet and says, Is there not a prophet? And even though he has established his own position, established the fact that he's anointed, established the fact that he's, 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 he's got the power of the Holy Spirit working through him, when they describe him, This is what they say about Elisha. He used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. He's the original water boy. He teaches us some lessons we need to know this morning. The first thing that he teaches us is this, and I don't want you to miss this. He he teaches us that God will not trust you with anointing if he cannot trust you with attending. Elisha could be trusted with the double portion of Elijah's spirit because he had proven himself faithful in 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 an attitude of service and he had proven himself faithful with attending. The anointing could be safe with Elisha because he was willing to attend to Elijah. He had served up quality H2O somewhere between the, the, the range of 6 to 10 years, depending on who you read after. He had faithfully served. It was, he was simply attending. He was simply serving prior to any anointing, prior to any miracles, prior to any power, prior to any acclaim, prior to any applause. Before any of that, he was simply serving faithfully. In fact, um, if you... Let's say Elisha was going to go for a job and wanted to fill out his job resume so he could give it to the manager. It could be summed up like this. I am responsible for washing Elijah's hands before he eats and after he eats. That's it. That was it. Let that fact sink in. This guy was not on anybody's list of who's who on rising leaders. He was not on any, uh, he, he was not this great preacher on this circuit, an uh, up and coming preacher. Nobody even knew what he was doing. He was just washing the guy's hands. Okay, see, I'm, I bring that to your attention this morning because too many of us can't be trusted because too many of us want to be touted. 
Instead, what we are taught as believers is that we must towel up and serve. In other words, what I'm saying to you is this. Service is always the doorway to leadership. That is how you get to leadership is you serve. It's not based on your diploma. It's not based on your degree. It's not based on your bloodline. It is completely and totally in the kingdom of God based on whether or not you are willing to serve. And the pathway to to meaningful is almost always paved with menial. Stuff nobody wants to do. Isn't that what Jesus taught us? I mean, Jesus said it like this. He said, whoever desires to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. In fact, I want to say something to you. I need you to catch this this morning. I want you to understand that Elisha did not capture Elijah's abilities. He captured his spirit. You missed that. Elisha did not capture Elijah's abilities he captured his spirit he and the only way you can capture a person's spirit is to serve and so that brings me to the second point that I want to speak to you about this morning because I think we need to hear this Elisha teaches us this we are to work while we wait work while we wait notice I didn't say we're supposed to whine while we wait notice I didn't say that we're supposed to push our way to the top while we wait Notice I didn't say that we undermine while we wait. Notice I didn't say we we step on other people to get up the rung of success while we wait. We don't pull strings while we wait. We We don't manipulate while we wait. Why? Because Scripture makes it very clear that our gift will make room for us. We work while we wait. Uh, Elisha's faithful decade-long, day-in, day-out service gives birth to twice the Spirit that Elijah had. One of the biggest issues I have in the kingdom today is I, can't, I, I struggle to find enough people who are willing to work while they wait. We'll whine while we wait. We'll worry while we wait. We, but, we, but we don't get people that are willing to work. But they want to be promoted. Okay. Here's the other thing we do while we wait, and I think it's a, it's a challenge in the kingdom of God. We waste time while we wait. Do you understand that the whole waiting process that God puts uh, into our life is about preparation? And the reason that some of us never get promoted is because we won't prepare while we're waiting. Okay. All right. See, most of us never get to kill Goliath because we won't practice on the lion and the bear. We just want to go straight to Goliath. There's a problem with going straight straight to Goliath. He will kick your ear if you haven't practiced on a lion and a bear. Okay. Um, your destiny is secured by what you do in preparation today. Y'all missed that. I'm going to say that again. Your destiny is secured by what you do today. So what that means then is that you study today, you practice today, You prepare today, you serve today, because the opportunity of a lifetime only exists in the lifetime of the opportunity. And most of us have life, the opportunities of lifetime come into our life. God sends them to us, but we can't capitalize on them because we never prepared for them. We've been sitting around going one day, someday. Instead of using the time that God has given us to prepare and to sharpen our gift and to prepare our gift and to hone our skill and to serve so that when the day comes, we're ready. Elisha receives um, the Spirit and what leads to that was service. Let's talk about his service for just a moment and then I'll get out of your way. It was work. It was day in, day out mundane, repetitive, catch this now, I'm going somewhere, unglamorous, unnoticed, catch this phrase right here, and probably even unappreciated. Okay. I looked. I can't find anywhere in the entire canopy of Scripture where Elijah ever once stopped and said, thank you. Thank you for washing my hands. Not once. 
Oh, I'm feeling the spirit of mean come on me a little bit. I, I got to be careful because we want people to, but if they just say, if they were, if, if they just, I, nobody ever told me thank you. Nobody told Elisha thank you. Never, I can't find it anywhere. They, they never, he never stopped and said, man, you the best water boy. Thank you. I know it's so hard for you to get up three times a day and wash my hands. I know. But I do want you to notice this. I want you to notice that although Elijah never said thank you, I, at least I can't find it. What I do discover is that for all those that could have been chosen to receive the mantle, only one was picked. Why? Because service leads to favor. I'm pre- I'm, so some of y'all don't get promoted at work. See, y'all just think we're talking church. I'm talking life. Some of y'all don't get promoted at work because while you're supposed to be working, you're pay- playing solitaire on the company's time. Well, that ain't my job. Trash on the floor. That ain't my job. No toilet paper on the roll in the men's room. That ain't my job. Phone ringing off the hook. I ain't the secretary. They ain't paying me enough to do that. They didn't say thank you the last time I did that. I didn't get no bonus. I got passed over for promotion. Service leads to favor. Uh, Okay, so learn this last lesson and then we're going to make application in our house. Here's the very last lesson. Your level of service will determine your level of spirit. Did you just catch what I just said? Your level of service will determine your level of spirit. That is exactly what happened in Elisha's life. He is faithfully, decade-long, working, pouring water over the hands of Elijah. And out of that, he receives favor. And out of the favor, he receives a double portion of Elijah's spirit. Go, go look it up. He, you can find it double the number of miracles. Elisha did double the number of miracles that Elijah did. Why? Because he served. That's why. His service led to his spirit. His service led to open doors. His service led to leadership. That's what service does. It makes room for you. If you want to be great, serve. You know who won? Okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble because I'm going to start calling names get myself in trouble, but I'm going to do it anyway because I got the mic. (laughs) Y'all don't know because most of y'all are already gone. But some of the greatest people in our congregation are not the people with the microphones. They're like Miss Maria, who sticks around after you and cleans up after you. Like all the bulletins that you just leave and the coffee you spill. Don't play, all right? Because I know you do it. Because I know what. She's the one. Cassidy Prince comes in here every week, Friday or Saturday, cleans up after us. Children's workers are working right now so that you can enjoy this without rugrats running around and distracting you because some of you. Need a break. You've had them all week long and you come to church not to touch God. You just want to get rid of your kids for just an hour. Don't, don't, don't lie to me. I know. Tell the truth and let the Lord love you. You know. People making coffee. Service. That is service. Which produces favor. So, Where we are today is that whether you know it or not, and some of you are new enough with us that you don't know the story, but let me just clue you in. We have our own water boys here. Um, Let me tell you the story. In uh, 1998, I was youth pastoring in Greenville, North Carolina, and I got the call to move back to Oklahoma City to be the campus pastor and the uh, admissions director for Southwestern Christian University. And I began to do that. Julie was brought on as the chair of the music department and began to travel with their traveling group, which is called One Voice. Um, And they would travel to camps all over the world. They flew first class everywhere they went, but 
I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> all right. No, I need to repent. Some of them know because you got some of them. Right, if you rode in one of those vans that broke down on the side of the road multiple occasions, please raise your hands. All right. That's what I thought. There wasn't a trip that went by. That there, okay. All right. So I, I split the scene and became national youth director two years later um, and served in that role. I can't, there, it's all seven, seven and a half, seven years, I don't know, long enough, and um, had hair before I went in and had none when I came out. Um, and about uh, September of 2006, I went to Pastor Richard and told him that I felt like God was calling me to plant a church. Um, Julie and I were attending River of Life. Julie was leading worship. I was serving as an elder. And uh, we felt called to plant a church. They blessed us, told us to do it. Long story short, I went back to my office as National Youth Director. Uh, Julie was traveling with one voice. She had a drummer uh, that was the guy that would jump out on the side of the road and try to fix the piece of junk that they drove all over the nation in. And I would, she would call me in the middle of the night and say, we're broke down on the side of the road. We've been here for 19 hours. Woody's up under the van trying to use duct tape or some crazy. They'd come home. This is no joke. This is no joke. They would come home covered in chigger bites from being on the side of the road. It was ludicrous. And I'm, I need therapy because um, I, I was worried. And, but, so I'm sitting in my, my office as National Youth Director, and I'm thinking, who are we going to get in this new church to serve and to take care of our young people? Service leads to leadership. And I called Woody over, and I had a discussion with him, and he was getting ready to graduate, and I said, Woody, this is what I want to do. I want to send you to Pastor Warren Beamer, who at the time was the youth pastor for John Hagee and his ministry there in San Antonio. And he, I've called him, and I've asked him. He, he doesn't normally do this, but I, I want to send you to him as an uh, intern. And let him show you what a little bit bigger ministry than either one of us had probably been exposed to looks like. And he did, and he went, and for how long would he? Was it nine months? Oh, it was forever. He went all over the world under Warren's directing. Columbia. Did you go to Sweden? No, what was the other one he went to? England and Scotland. Mexico, Canada? Canada. Serving. It took all summer. And I told him, I said, I want you to go through that. And when you go through that, I want you to come back and be our youth pastors. And he said, yes. And then we launched the church. And from about, how was it two weeks after we started? Or I don't know. See, it's, I'm getting old. I'm forgetting all this stuff. Just a few weeks after that, they came back. They got married and began to serve as our full-time, or our youth pastors. It wasn't full-time until just a few years ago. So we have our own water, boy, water boys that were uh, birthed out of serving Quality, high quality, H2O for 10 years. You need to know they've served faithfully for 10 years. They have, uh, they have over and over and over again sacrificed and poured their lives out into the young people of our church. And so this morning is a very special time together because what we want to do is we want to commission them and their team um, and, and celebrate what they've done. So... Um, I've got some special guests here, and we're going to do this in a very specific order this morning because I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me some things I want to do. Um, we are very fortunate this morning that we, uh, they have uh, four couples serving on their church plant team, two of them, two of those couples from our church, two from other churches. And we are very fortunate uh, to uh, have some representatives here this morning to help us with this. So I'm going to get you guys in place and then I'm going to give you instructions, all right? Are you with me this morning? Uh, I want Pastor Jean, uh, Steve and Jean Perdue, if you would begin to make your way up here. Pastor Steve and Jean Perdue pastored Connect Church um, for a long time. I was in I think, well, should I say that? I was in college, 20, 25 years when they started over at that. It was called something different. Right after I got there, they, they came in. Uh, right as, at the end of my college career, they took over that church, and they've served faithfully over there, and they just uh, retired from that. Uh, Pastor Richard and Linda Goad are here, and they're going to come and help us. They're going to stand in for uh, Debbie Burpo, who is the pastor of Frontline Ministries in, U in Kingfisher. I'm going to get all this mixed up. And she's uh, having church this morning, so it was difficult for her to get here. 
Um, and so, uh, Pastor Richard and Miss Linda, if y'all will go right there, I think that'll work. Um, and they're going to stand in for her, and you've got your paper, all right? And then, of course, Julie, if you'll come and join me, because we have representatives here this morning. Um, what I'm going to do first is I'm going to, yeah, Kim, would you help us? I'm sorry, I should have told you. Uh, I'm going to have the church planning team, if you will, uh, come and join us. That's uh, Kenny and Abby. More have been serving at uh, Connect Church under the leadership of Steve and Jean Perdue. So y'all go stand in front of them. Uh, Dustin and Kristen Burpo, if you would come. They've been serving there at Frontline with Miss Debbie. And you stand in front. Julie, you're going to need to come over here. And then uh, Matt. Thank you. Madeline. <laughs> Madeline and, and Sam, where y'all? Oh, right there in front of me. If y'all would come and join uh, Julie right over here and Chad and Heather. If you would come and join us up here. And what we want to do this morning is I'm going to, we're going to do this. Uh, we'll do ours as a, as a group here. Uh, I got the little one too. Yeah, cool. Uh, and we're going to let y'all do individually. I'm going to ask them to pray a prayer of commission over them as we release them. Then we're going to take a very, uh, a very specific step that I want us to take with Woody and Jesse here in just a moment. So uh, let me just pray an opening prayer over this and get us into the right framework. This is an important day for us. This is, uh, this is an important day for the kingdom of God. And so we want to do this with real um, sincerity. And it's important. This is serious stuff, what God is doing in our midst today. So let's pray. Father, my prayer is today is that your anointing, the anointing of the Holy Spirit, would be released in this house. And that two things would happen. One, I pray that you would anoint those that we are sending out from these three different churches being represented, I pray that your anointing would rest on this team. But I also pray that it would begin to stir up those of us that are here, that we would recognize and we would begin to question in our own heart and life whether we're really serving at the level that you've called us to. Help us to understand that service always leads to an open door to favor. We'll give you glory for this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, Pastor Steve and Jean, if you would lead us over them and say a little word about them. We're so happy to be here this morning and, and honored and privileged to participate like this. Thank you for the invitation. I just want to say a word to you. I recall a time in the New Testament, John chapter 5, when Jesus had uh, stepped outside the realm of the norm how to minister, when to minister. And somebody asked him to give an account of himself. Why did you have to do it that way? And he said, listen, I don't decide what to do. I just look to see what the Father's doing, and I do that. And the Father's always working. I want to counsel you that um, the things that look like closed doors and impediments, the Father's always working. Instead of looking to see that as like the thing that's going to stop you, Look to see what God is doing and say amen to what God is doing. So you're not relying upon yourself. And God is not perverse that he would keep his will from you. He'll show you step by step. I want to thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Uh, Jeannie and I love you both very much. You're our kids. Lord Jesus, we praise your name for this opportunity. Thank you for our dear loved ones that have submitted themselves to your work. Lord, I pray that you have blessed them now with your presence. And Lord, in those moments when they're worried and doubting, I just pray, Lord, that you'd be their comfort. That they would look and see that your hands at work in their life and they'll never forget that. May they be constantly encouraged by that. Lord, I thank you for the love that you've given them for each other. And I thank you for the love you've given them for you. And I just pray, Lord, that you bless their ministry in all ways. Make them fruitful in the kingdom of God. And I just put them into your hands for safekeeping. In Jesus' name, amen. Now Pastor Richard and Miss Linda are going to stand in for Miss Debbie. Dustin and Kristen, uh, your pastor, Pastor Debbie Burfo, has written 
a word to you and also offered a prayer. Obviously, she's more than pastor. She's family. And I know it's a bittersweet moment for her because out of her love, she is releasing you into your call. And I praise God for that. So let me share with you not my word, but her words. Pastor Debbie writes, I'm sorry I am unable to be with you today. I hope all of you know how special you are to me, especially you Burpo boys. I knew this day would come eventually. Although the Frontline family will miss Dustin, Kristen, and those beautiful children so very much, we are excited about this new season in their lives and this team's lives. We're expecting great things from all of you and will continue to pray and support the work in Yukon. The Lord reminded me a declaration for this special day, a prayer of blessing which the Lord instructed Moses to speak over the Israelites. I declare it over all of you today. The word is from November, uh, from, not from November, it's from Numbers. Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27, where the Lord says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give you peace. And now here's your pastor's prayer over you. Linda, if you will join Dustin and Kristen. May the Lord bless and keep you. I pray blessings over this ministry. I speak endurance and strength over this team. I pray a hedge of protection over each one as you build God's church. And I declare the favor of God is resting upon you today and in days to come. May the Lord's face shine upon you. I pray as this team walks out God's plan for Passion Yukon, that they will not only see God's face upon the work, they will reflect His face and His glory and allow it to shine through them. Lord, be gracious to them and release Your grace as a covering for this ministry. May they be gracious to one another, kind, compassionate, and respectful. As they walk in Your graciousness, may they also walk in perfect unity where Your blessings can and will flow freely. God, I pray Your face would be turned toward this team, this work, and as your seal of approval of what is happening, speak to the hearts of these leaders and remind them daily of your part in this process. Lord, I declare they will walk by faith, not by sight, and will walk in assurance knowing you have ordered their steps. May they look for your face and your approval in all they do. And Lord, give peace, that peace that only you can give. As trials come and battles are faced, May the peace of God, which exceeds their human understanding, guard their hearts, their minds, and even their words in the power of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what is ahead, and we anxiously look forward to great fruit. Many souls won for the kingdom of God. Amen and amen. Praise God. proud of you. I uh, had the chance to talk to you in particular. We haven't got to sit down yet, but like this anyway. And I told them I wanted something to you here as well. You guys have been selected because of friendship and relationship and giftings, but that's not the most important part. I, I told y'all this, and I mean it. I mean it for y'all too. I'm more concerned that y'all do this the right way so that you remain in relationship so that when it's all said and done, there's not this church planted and y'all can't stand each other and you're not in a relationship anymore. That is not worth it. We commission you this morning to be friends first and then co-laborers. We love you guys and we're expecting great things for you and what 
this is going to happen. So we, we're going to pray over you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray over this group right here. I pray specifically over Chad and Heather that you would anoint them with your Holy Spirit and that they would be they would sense an anointing like they've never experienced in their entire life. God, that you would use them mightily for your kingdom. We send them, we commission them to establish your kingdom in the lives of people that don't know you. We ask you for great anointing in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for Sam and Madeline as they're getting ready to start a new life together and a new church too. I just pray that you'd bring peace into their heart. They would recognize that you're in this. They would see your hand at work. They would recognize that you're ordering their steps. You would anoint them as a couple first. They would establish their marriage first. That comes before church. I pray that you would establish their marriage first. And out of the health of their marriage, I pray that they would then establish healthy relationships with this team. And then out of that, I pray that you would produce great harvest, souls for their hire. God, is their task with different things. They, in the beginning, it looks like youth. But if you change that assignment, I pray that you would anoint them for whatever task that you have for them. They would sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their life fresh and new. We commission them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys stay right there. All right. Um, Woody and Jesse, will you come? stand there for a second because you're going to get tired if I don't. Do it this way. Um, I want you guys to come around behind them, if you will. For well, I take that back. Get the picture that is in front of you. There should be a picture with water. Uh, Pastor Richard, Pastor Stephen, Jean, if you can make your way around behind them. I also want our bishops, uh, Stuart and Sherry Cheryl, to come and join us and just get behind this group here. Um, Julie, will you hand me my iPad? No. Um, today, y'all know I write everything down, so sorry. Because I'll miss it if I don't. You have, we acknowledge that you have been faithful. That's an important word to me. It is everything. You've been faithful to pour water over our hands. We celebrate your service and we release you to do this. To go do twice as much. When I stop and I I don't do it very often because um, maybe not as often as I should. You know this. Y'all know this. I don't look back very often. I'm so about what's happening. that. But when I look back at what God has done in 10 years. It's been an incredible journey. But I'm releasing you to do twice as much. That has nothing to do with numbers, by the way. That has to do with the Spirit. And I'm hoping that what we've done is we've we've honestly made an attempt to not teach you just abilities, but Spirit. There's a reason we do the things the way we do them. You know that. You caught the Spirit. I want to remind you that service leads to leadership. But leadership leads to service. It's a cycle. It's a circle. Elisha serves. He's elevated to leadership. And then he serves after he's elevated because he becomes a teacher and a mentor to a school of prophets. Julie posted on her Facebook that strength is for service, not for status. And so we want to release you. You now, this is a challenge that you're getting ready to face. You are now going to have to learn how to balance being the set man and woman. And they are the set man and woman. I'm going to say that again. They are the set man and woman. But you got to learn how to balance that fact with how do I still be a servant? That is the challenge. Because if we're not careful when we become set, then we also become selfish. Y'all can't do that. We've tried to, I hope we've modeled that for you. They can't be that way. So this is what I want us to do. Um, I want y'all to kneel right here. um, And then I'm going to ask your church plant team to come and pour water over your hands. Because that is your role. 
if you strike the shepherd, the sheep scatter. Your number one responsibility as their team is not to lead worship, not to do kids, not to do youth, not to help with books, not to sing. It's none of that. That's way down the list, in fact. The number one is to watch their backs and to keep them healthy because if they're not healthy, and healthy means a whole lot of things, spiritually, physically, relationally. If they're not, you don't stand a chance. And so I'm going to ask them to kneel. And once, they, once you kneel, I want you to stay there because we're going to anoint you with oil, okay? Um, and so, guys, when they get kneeled, if you would just come and pour, hand, pour water over their hands, saying to them, this is a very um, real way to show them that this is the role I'm signing up for. If this is not the role you're signing up for, you need to go have a conversation with them today and get out. Okay? This is your role, all right? Would you? Kenny and Abby. Pastor Richard and Miss Linda, if you would come. Bishop, if y'all come up here and get right behind them. And Pastor Richard, if you'll come with me. We're going to do a couple things. Y'all say, well, why is Pastor Richard and Miss Linda here? It's because these are spiritual grandchildren. They gave birth to us, and now we're giving birth. This is spiritual grandchildren. This is what the kingdom is supposed This is how church is supposed to work, by the way. And so we're going to do this. We're going to do a couple things. One, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to lay hands on you. We're going to pray. Pastor Richard's going to pray for you. And then I'm going to pour oil all over you. You say, well, why? I tried to get away from this. I told Woody, I tried to get away from this. I couldn't because you don't need a dab. You need a double portion. We're going to anoint you with oil, and then we have some things we want to give you. But we're just believing this, this moment is going to change everything. Amen. So let's pray. anoint I lay my hands on faithful servants they've been so faithful to us and to you for 10 years they've served when people didn't know what they were doing they've served when nobody was watching 
They've served with a spirit of excellence. They have gone above and beyond. They have looked out. They have protected. They have they've built. They've done everything they've been asked to do and more. And so, Father, this morning, I pray that the favor of the Holy Spirit would rest on them fresh and new. And I anoint them in the name of Jesus. I release them to be powerful pastors and shepherds. We ask you to use them to establish your kingdom in Yukon, that the spirit of this house would be expanded there into Yukon, and we would see soul after soul after soul, broken people, hurt people, discouraged people, released, restored, healed. And I pray that you would allow them to do that. God, I pray over their marriage that they would... They would sense the anointing of the Holy Spirit in their marriage like they've never experienced before. We know the enemy will attack that first. God, I pray over their boys that you would put a hedge of protection over them, that you would surround them with your with the angels and that they would never struggle. They would never walk away. God, I pray over those boys and I ask that the anointing that rests on this house and on, on this new house would flow right on down to them and their lives would be marked forever positively by what takes place through their mom and their dad. God, I ask you to establish them. I pray that the service that they've been so faithful to do in this house, I pray that it would now open a door for them to be established with anointing, to do twice as much, twice as many great things for your kingdom. We ask you to accomplish this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Pastor Richard. Pastor Woody and Jesse, uh, I'm not going to preach a sermon. You've heard a powerful sermon on leadership and servanthood already that has prepared you for this moment as this pastor has been mentoring you for the past 10 years. He's prepared you for this moment. But I do have a word, if not three or four, to give you. The first one is don't watch any Adam Sandler movies. You, like Steve, can't afford the loss of 26 brain cells and hair follicles. All right, in all seriousness, hear the word of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 says, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you. Keep in mind, this service, this commissioning service is done in love. As the past 10 years of mentoring has been done in love. So never forget how much your, fa- your spiritual father has loved you. And it's a bittersweet moment for him as he releases you to do the work. Always give love and honor to those who've gone before you. If you hope to see those follow you in your leadership. First Corinthians chapter 12 says, As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it. Always give respect to those who serve with you, who walk beside you, who serve in whatever capacity or role the Lord has chosen for them. Give respect as well as leadership. Bring servanthood into your heart as you serve those who serve with you. And then finally, Matthew 16, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Never forget, it is the Lord's church. It is not yours. And He will build His church, that He has chosen you to be His instruments of righteousness, grace, and humility as he builds his church through you. 
So may the Lord's anointing be upon you, and may you walk in favor as you grant favor. May you walk in peace as you bring peace. And may the Lord bring anointing to your head that the anointing may flow from your head to the very soles of the feet of those who walk beside you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I lay my hand upon this wonderful young couple. And I give you honor and praise, O oh Lord, for you are the Lord of their lives. You are the one who has called them into ministry and service. They have yielded and submitted themselves to not only your lordship, but the leadership of a pastor who has walked with them, imparting uh, himself into them and giving them every potential resource necessary to go forth into the fullness of their calling. And now they are released and commissioned to become pastors, leaders, and servants of the Almighty God. May they honor those who have gone before them. May they honor those who walk beside them. And may they always give glory to the Lord who will build His church through them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen and amen. serious about this. I have been praying about this all week, that when this oil hits you, anything you've ever experienced under the anointing will pale in comparison to what you experience from this point forward. You, you know a lot. You know a lot. But you don't know everything. The Holy Spirit does. And you have to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit like you've never experienced in your life. And so I believe that that's going to happen this week. It's got to happen, y'all. To reach the kind of people that God's going to call you to reach, it's it's got to happen. It's got to happen. You can't do this on your own. I, it'll kill you. I know. But it doesn't have to because you have the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll move forward. Father, we anoint by the power of the Holy Spirit, Woody Burpo and Jesse Burpo, with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Father, I pray right now that a double portion of the Holy Ghost would rest on them like they've never even imagined. I pray that words of wisdom and words of knowledge would fill them. God, I pray that the anointing to preach, the, the anointing to lead, the anointing to love would overtake their lives and their hands would be your hands and their feet would be your feet. And I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would reign supreme in their house and in their church and in their lives, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And we anoint them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we release them to do great things for your kingdom and for your glory and for your namesake. We ask this. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We have a couple of gifts that we want to give this morning just as an uh, indication. I worked all week carving this out of, out of a... Y'all know me better, don't you? I wished. I tried to make a base for it, Woody, and I failed miserably. I'll show it to you. I didn't even come close. Um, but you're literally taking the role of a shepherd. And uh, this is an actual shepherd staff. It, it literally is. It's for the purpose of tending sheep. Um, we bought it from that place that does that. I don't know nothing about that. But that's where we bought it. Um, and I want to encourage you to lead. Lead like a shepherd. How does a shepherd lead? You smell like sheep. You have to spend time with sheep. You love on them. And we present it. You can stand up if you want to. We release you as shepherds in your own right. Amen. Pastor Richard. Pastor Woody and Jesse, uh, as Pastor River of Life, yes, your grandfather in the, in the Lord, I wanted to bring something that I thought would be meaningful and yet practical. I didn't want to bring a plaque that would wind up in a closet or a drawer somewhere. I thought, what could I bring? And I was asking the Lord. When we released Steve and Julie almost 10 years ago, they were like our children. 
so we know how they feel at this moment. And being a father myself, I, I know the sense of what it means to release your children into adulthood and to begin their own lives and ultimately family. And the great news, my children have brought me back some children. And now I'm a grandfather in the natural, and I've become a grandfather in the spiritual. So, Brother Stewart, or actually he's Jonathan, will you bring this gift that we bring from River of Life? And it is to go into the nursery of Passion Yukon. It's a crib that serves many purposes. We're not certain what the facility will be, so it's, it's very portable. If you need to set up and clean up every Sunday, you can do that with this. It has a napper. It has a changer, and you're going to need. Uh, we found babies make messes and all kinds of things. We give this to you, but it's a practical gift that also has, I hope for you, a meaning that will live with you. When Steve came to me, Steve and Julie say, we feel a call to plant a church. He made one commitment to me, above all, that has stayed with me. And that is, he had a goal to plant a church out of his church, like we were planting a church out of ours. Well, he has just fulfilled his promise to me in releasing you to plant a church. Every time you see this crib, would you be reminded that we have an expectation you're going to raise up some babies into adulthood and the day will come that I'll be a great-grandfather in the Spirit because you will release someone to go plant another church just as you're being released today. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Richard. So what does that mean for us? We've released them today because... They're getting ready to spend some time uh, traveling a little bit, looking at some of the other churches around to see what everybody else is doing. That's an important step. That's part of preparation. Um, but just because you don't see them every week doesn't mean you're released as a body from praying for them. They need our prayers. They need our support. You say, well, how else are we helping? Good news. We're taking care of them. Don't worry. Um, I haven't shared this publicly. I'll share it now. I just feel like I need to. The conference is helping. Uh, helping send some finances. The thing with the conference and the national are helping. The thing with that is they're always very specific about what those finances can be used for. Advertising, buildings, stuff like that. That leaves them in a lurch. And I told, looked at Woody and I said, what I don't want to happen is you out killing yourself trying to make a living and lose your own kids to build a church. We stepped out on faith. It's crazy. We were crazy. They're stepping out on faith, but we, we got their back. Our finance team has made a commitment to them that we're going to continue to pay their salary. Um, we'll review it every three months because we're hoping they don't need it. But it's just open-ended that we're going to take care of them. They're ours, y'all. We don't want them to hurt. So I'm going to pray one last time, and then uh, Tari's going to come and close us out. And I hope you've been blessed today. I encourage you to love on these folks and make a commitment to them personally that you will pray for them. Listen, I've been saying this to our team, and they've heard me say this. If they fail, we fail. If they blow up, do great things, we get part of that too. Amen? Father, we ask you that you would seal all the prayers today that you would anoint, that you would send, that you would do deep destruction to the kingdom of darkness. And that you would allow these folks to rescue the perishing. That the spirit of passion that rests upon them would invade Yukon and souls would be saved. And I pray that you would raise up another Elisha that would faithfully pour water over Woody and Jesse's hands, and here in the very near future, they would be able to release them as well. And we would see this continue and continue and continue. Our best days are ahead. We thank you for what you've done in this house. You've fulfilled your word to us. You've fulfilled your promise to us. And we give you glory and honor 
and praise because you've built this house. We thank you for what you've done in Jesus' name. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.